Father, we thank you for this opportunity to share your word with your children. Uh, these are precious gifts that you have allowed to tune in, and there's definitely something that you want to communicate with them uh, that will be helpful for their spiritual enrichment and growth. So we pray that you would help us navigate through your sacred truths. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, I'm excited to be here at Summit. It's been about a year since I was last here. It's been a while, guys. You guys gotta get this frequency up. But it, it's been such a blessing to uh, have relationships, and especially in this time that we live in, where there are so many people who are just confused or just wanna know how to have proper relationships with different races. And if you have not noticed, I am an accent piece today, a darker uh, melanin. And I, I just really want to highlight the importance of understanding the moment. And sometimes in this narrative, we can kind of feel lost or confused, but I, I like to give the example of the Good Samaritan. Um, sometimes it is not popular to get your hands dirty and to get yourself bloody and to get yourself messy, but that's what Christ's love is. It takes risk. It takes the opportunity to be uncomfortable and to help those who are marginalized. And so it's a great conversation. I'm so glad that we've been having these conversations and the relationship that we have with Summit. Um, so I wanna get into Psalm 23, as we have been teaching on Psalms, and I have the opportunity to do Psalm 23, and I want to talk from a unique perspective because I believe that most of you who are at home don't have any sheep. And although we love this passage of scripture, it is one of the favorite scriptures that we read. There is a great misunderstanding, I believe, because of cultural insights that we oftentimes miss because we don't understand. So it is one Aaron Myers who writes an amazing piece on cultural intelligence about how she was a teacher in France and she wrote on her student's paper in big red letters. And her, her mom, the student takes it back to the mom and she's just frantic, like she's an American that lives in Europe and she's just frantic. All these red letterings are bad in America, but. But over there, it was not bad. It was actually a compliment. But because of a cultural misunderstanding, what was meant as a compliment was misunderstood. And so Psalm 23, I think, is a complimentary text that is oftentimes misunderstood because of our Western eyes. And then we read that David says in Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. It's interesting that he moves this from just God being our shepherd and being my shepherd. It is what the Hebrews would call our God, Yahweh Rohi, the Lord, our shepherd. Uh, there, there are things that are unique about this my shepherd is that number one, that it's a shepherd that protects, he provides and he guides and he makes me to lie down in, in green pastures. You know, adjectives are important in scripture. It is important that it didn't say he makes me to lie down in brown pastures because sheep's teeth do much better grazing on green grass. And if it was brown grass, it would be hard on their diet. 
So look at the intent, the detailedness of the lead to make sure that the sheep end up eating from things that are going to be a benefit to them. And he leads me beside quiet waters. He, he restores my soul. You know, when sheep are drinking, it is the most vulnerable time that they have is when they are drinking. And so the reason why the shepherd takes the time to make sure that they're beside still waters is because if the waters are moving, they will not be aware that there's an animal, a predator underneath the water to bring them in the water and drown them. So the shepherd makes sure that when their sheep are in the most vulnerable position of their lives, he stops and ensures that the water is still. Imagine that, how hard it is when we are vulnerable and susceptible to things that we have a shepherd that is safeguarding us from the things that could harm us. And he says, he leads me beside quiet waters. He, he refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right path for his namesake. This is interesting in itself that the shepherd is so interested in making sure that our paths are righteous that the paths that we take are not just our own paths, they're paths that are paths of righteousness. And I like this thing that happens as a shepherd because the shepherd has to make sure that he is connecting the psalm to the covenantal standards of justice, that he's going to lead me besides righteous paths. And, and listen to this. He guides me along the right paths for his, for his namesake. It's the, the, the shepherd has an interesting role. He needs to make sure all of the sheep are protected, but he also needs to know the condition of his sheep. That's how a shepherd is so intimate with a sheep that they don't, they don't know him by uh, first name basis. They know their shepherd's voice by just a simple sound. Um, a shepherd would make this sound, and all of his sheep would recognize the sound of the shepherd because that's how much of an intimate relationship they have. And when Jesus says, my sheep know my voice and a stranger's voice, they will not follow. Because the shepherd has done such a great job knowing the condition of his flock. And one thing the shepherd knows is he says, thy rod and thy staff, they do. Uh, yeah, let me go back. He says, even though I walk through the, through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. The reality of the valley is this. A valley is a low point between two high points. It is the picture of the Christian life. No matter how much money you have, doesn't matter how successful you are, it doesn't matter how broken you are, we all will go through a valley, a pit between two high points, knowing that sometimes when you hit rock bottom, sometimes the bottom at that the rock at that bottom is Christ himself. I oftentimes like to say, where crisis is, sometimes is where Christ is. And so when we look at this particular text, he says this, uh, I will fear no evil for you are with me. This is an important piece that we need to know that God is with us. No matter what we see, no matter how much social distancing we have to do right now, uh, no matter how many times we have to fake our cough because we're afraid that our allergies would be assumed to be COVID, right? Um, and so for us who have allergies, we're like, Lord, please don't let me cough or sneeze during this moment. Um, so th no matter how many of these things happen, God is with us. He, he, is, he is with us. He has an intent. He has a purpose for us. He has a decision for our lives. But here's what the shepherd does. Interestingly, he knows, listen, he knows how many of his sheep are prone to wander off. So what the shepherd does is he lays 
at the gate. He lays at the gate in the night so that if a wolf comes, the first person that the wolf will meet is the shepherd. Don't you love having a shepherd? In my church, they would put a bunch of hearts on the screen and all those type of things, right? Uh, that's their amen. It's a proverbial nod or that, that type of thing. So, so here, here's the thing. Th- this is important because the shepherd is so concerned about the safety and the well-being of his flock that he knows the condition of his flock. And he also knows that there are some sheep that will wander off. There are some sheep that feel like it is better to live life alone than it is to live it in God's presence or in the live it in the community of other sheep. Sheep are not clean animals. They're not very wise a lot of times. They make bad decisions. And there are some sheep that decide, you know what, I'd rather go graze on my own. Not knowing that the alienation from the flock will lead them into spaces of vulnerability and will allow them to be picked off by adversaries that are looking for sheep that are trying to be lone rangers. And I know for some of us, COVID has made us even more of lone rangers. I don't want to be connected to anybody. I don't want to be part of small groups. I don't want to be part of any type of community. I just want to stay to myself, which in some instances is good, but in other instances defies how the greatest creator of humanity, which is God himself said, you know what? I know one thing is not good is that even though I'm in the garden with Adam, it's still not good that he's alone. And if sheep are by themselves, For extended periods of time, they set themselves up to be devoured by the enemy. And so here's the thing, thy rod and thy staff comforts me. One, the rod, the staff, one guides, one corrects. Isn't it amazing that God can use both of his hands to teach us two different things? One he uses to guide us, one he uses to break us. And and if you did not know, There are some sheep that just don't want to do what the master wants him to do. And what the shepherd would do is he will break the legs of the sheep. And he will break the legs of the sheep because I'd rather hurt your feelings than hurt your future. So I'm going to hold you in my arms and carry you because I want to make sure that you don't get destroyed by your own decisions. It is like Jesus says. I will leave the 99 and go after the one. Jesus is not saying that the 99 are not important. He's just saying the 99 are safe. I'm going after the one that needs my help in this current moment. And so the shepherd is wise enough to grab the sheep. And and he knows also that he says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. That's the part everybody loves. They love the fact that God prepares a table in the presence of their enemies. But you don't realize that God is setting a table and it may not seem like this table is being set because you're wondering, like the psalmist, how long, God, will you allow this to continue? And there are times where God is setting the table and it's not as expeditious as we would think it should be. But God is setting the table. And typically when a table is set, it's already prearranged before you get there. God is already predetermined. God is already in his, let me just say this. Sovereignty does not remove man's responsibility, right? So a lot of times people like to lean on, well, God is sovereign. He is, but it also requires man to have responsibility as well. And he says, I'm going to anoint your head with oil. This part is important. It is a part that most people miss. It is a part that is so critical because um, sheep oftentimes would get 
bow flies in their in their in their blow flies. And what would happen is they would lay eggs in cuts and sores. And what would happen is that these eggs would hatch into maggots and tunnel deep into the s- s- skin of the sheep. If left untreated, the condition can kill a, can kill a sheep. And so that's, that's why the anointing oil is so important because he's going through and ins- inspecting the cuts, the wounds, the areas of brokenness, the areas that need reconciliation, and he's putting the oil there. It's, it's important that we have this conversation that we always talk about. We cannot legislate people's hearts. We cannot legislate love. But the oil can heal. It can, it can dissolve areas that have been broken. It can heal sore spots in our soul. It can heal sin spots in our soul. And it can clean us up. And, and the shepherd inspects the sheep to make sure that they are in a safe space. Sometimes... Abundance makes us feel more productive, but perhaps emptiness has the greatest power to strengthen our souls. Say that one more time. In my church, they might have clapped or something like that. But anyway, abundance may make us feel more productive, but perhaps emptiness has greater power to strengthen our souls. And so God will oftentimes inspect the sheep because he cares where we hurt. And and the gospel is not just good news to save your soul. It's good news that it's also healing to a broken soul. It's healing to a broken condition. And here's one thing that you and I need to know, because I think it's really important that many of us who are sheep, we're like, well, why would God place me here? Why, like, why would God allow this? Why would God? Here's the thing that I try to remind myself often. You can't just trust God's purpose for your life and disagree with his placement. Placement is a part of purpose. All places may not feel good, but they are for your good. One more time. You can't trust God's purpose for your life and disagree with his placement. Placement is a part of purpose. All places may not feel good, but they are for your good. The Father knows how to place us in the right pastures because he knows exactly what we need. And as I'm bringing this on home, because John told me I have two hours, but I cut it down for you guys for about 75 minutes. Here's the interesting thing. Uh, It's important to grasp the original context that David was writing. And he says, he makes me to lie down in safe pastures and I will not be afraid. And in their culture, they knew, the biblical psalmist knew the broad cultural background and making this affirmation of faith. It was thought of that kings, the Egyptian Mesopotamian culture used the shepherd image for kings. And David was trying to picture or point or paint a picture to them that you all may know shepherds in your culture, but there's no greater shepherd than this shepherd. He is Yahweh, Rohi. He's the greatest shepherd you'll ever meet. And so they instantly got it that, oh, okay, he'll, he'll prepare a table. That's what, that's what they were accustomed to. That's what they thought of shepherds being. And they, they looked at them as a type of God. No, there is a greater shepherd than the shepherd that you have. And so I want to close with just telling you this. 
that in verse number six, it says, surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. Goodness and love, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Imagine him writing this, us reading it, being benefactors of this great psalm that we have had the privilege of reading throughout history and years. And what we need to understand is that sometimes sheep rivalry gets people working against another than rather than with one another. He said again, there, there will be rivalry in the sheep pack that the rivalry gets the people working against one another rather than with one another. And what a great song for the times in which we live, that we could use our power to work against each other, or we can use our power to work with one another. And in the gospel kingdom, God says, in my house, we all are part of his sheepfold, and we all get the privilege of being in his house. And David gets to say, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And it is our prayer today that no matter what situation you find yourself in, whether it be marital calamity, whether it be financial calamity, whether it be health, or maybe even in the season you've lost people that you've loved and not have the ability to bury them and not be able to have the celebrations that you would love, the graduations that got canceled, the seniors who did not get to go to prom, all of these wounds that are in our soul in this moment. Maybe you're just afraid to watch the news because it's always bad news and you just want a moment of good news. There are wounds in sheep's souls. Or maybe it was that you found out even during this time of COVID of being at home, they say the divorce rates are going to skyrocket and you realize you didn't have a covenant and these wounds are even in your soul. Or maybe you found out that your children have been wayward and now you're just trying to figure out, God, how in the world is this gonna happen? Or maybe you have everything that a human being could ever want, imagine, dream of. You have the car, you have the house, you have everything, but you have no peace. There is a shepherd even for you. He's a shepherd that knows us. And he just doesn't know us by the content of what we carry. He knows us because he's numbered the hairs on our head. And sheep are very woolly and hairy. And he's so consistent and committed to the upbringing, the well-bringing of his sheep that he wants to make sure that their environment is conducive for them to have the maximum growth in their spiritual journey. And so every day that you live, remember this, that God is sending goodness and mercy to follow you all the days of your life. And there's no place that you and I could hide that his love will not find us. So maybe you read Psalm 23 many times. And maybe right now you got some sores. Can we pray together and ask the God, the Lord, our shepherd, to take his healing balm of Gilead and anoint our sores? Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray that you who have the balm of healing would just begin to spread it across the countenance of your sheep those who are wounded and broken and those that need hope and those that need peace and those that need clarity 
And you who are the master would give it to them. So Father, I pray right now for my brother and my sister that there's no distance that prayer cannot reach. There's no distance that prayer cannot go. And I pray right now that you would touch them from the crown of their head to the soles of their feet. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.